Hello and welcome back to the Trucking Driver Podcast. I'm Dougie Rankin and I'm joined today by... Paul O'Callaghan from the Outback of Australia. Well, hey, no, it's been a while. Um, it's uh, for obvious uh, reasons. Um, it's not been too easy for us to line things up with you being out in Australia. Now, when was it you went back out there, and what was the what was the reasoning behind it? I mean, apart from the the obvious of you know getting away, getting away from the sort of the usual grind of things which you've been on for the last couple of years. Yeah, well, that's right, Dougie. And to be fair, I, I you know even back in Europe, I, I'm, I'm quite lucky and I feel quite privileged sometimes I don't really end up on on too many grinds I get to do a good a good variety of work but but that said um you know I was I'd been back in Europe it's three years since I'd been in been in Australia and when I saw all the you know the COVID travel restrictions and all the bans had had been lifted and just with uh, just you know just a little bit of an itch there I just found that uh, there was a yearning to go back so um, I went back in in late April and I started work on the 1st of May Dougie and since then I've been been really really enjoying it Uh, absolutely no regrets at all and been loving it so it's yeah I'm I'm, I'm glad I came back look uh, you know there's pros and cons to everything and you kind of can't have everything you know you're missing Missing summer back at home and truck shows and all that. Although past few weeks the weather doesn't seem to be like much of a summer, but you know it's it's a sacrifice that that I've uh, made and I'm kind of happy with with the decision and really really enjoying it. You know people ask you know what it's like and I think it's I say sometimes I say you know it's like you know you just imagine all the bits you love about truck driving and all the best bits. It's just that without all the stuff that you don't like more or less. That's kind of it. You know all the traffic and the you know, Big Brother, you know, digi cars and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, it's just, you, you don't have any of that out here. And that's kind of what I love about it. An awful lot of variety every day is something different. Uh, definitely more of a kind of a single man's kind of a job because you just, you're gone for, gone for weeks at a time and, and you never know when you're, when you're going to be back. But that's just, I suppose, the way I, I you know, I, I really enjoy it. I'm just sitting here now uh, at the entrance to, uh, just on a dirt track, the entrance to a station. Uh, the sun has just gone down, like so. We're seven hours ahead of you there, Dougie. It's half six in the evening now. Sun has just gone down, and um, it's yeah, it's just kind of vast, sort of desolate here. Big red sky in front of me. I'm loading at a set of cattle yards, just about five kilometers in there in the dirt track. There's two other guys in there waiting. So once I've uh, finished doing the podcast with you, I'll go in there and we'll have a few beers then start up in the morning probably start loading it gets bright here probably just uh, about maybe half six so we'll be started starting to load at six o'clock there's there'll be three of us there and hopefully if loading goes well we'll, we'll be on the road for um about eight o'clock and about a thousand k's of a nice kind of relaxed drive in front of us yeah well, well that's always the good th- the good and the best thing about truck driving is you know being out uh, on the open road and the you know the driving itself it's all the stuff that goes along with it that you've got to you've got to contend with and you know the less of that the better <laughs> who did you are you back out so you're back out working for people that you've previously worked for before what was the kind of process for getting out there and working did you just get in touch and say like i'm available because i know the australian government was like trying to get uh, people from britain to move over 
uh, again, they were having a bit of. They were going around the country doing sort of job fairs and things quite recently, saying it's much better to come and live in Australia. Come and come and uh, do this um, a few months back. So I don't know. Is there a bit of a sort of well, I wouldn't driver shortage or general general requirement for experienced drivers? There's an there's a requirement for drivers full stop booking as there is probably anywhere else around the world. So. Um, for me, I suppose you know I've I've spent so long out here before. I've always kept in touch with the company, and you know we've I've got to work for a really good manager up up in Broome where I'm based, and we just kind of keep keep in touch. And you know it's every now and then we just you know it'll, it'll be a message, and you know if you're ever thinking of coming back, there's plenty of work. Even if you know if I want to come and do you know a couple of months or do a season, but anyway, um, that was it. I just once once I contacted him, he says, yeah, just come. Come whenever. So um, I was out. So you know, out here, the, the sort of work, the like the cattle work we do is it's very seasonal. It's up in the north of Australia, and it's because it's you know you have your wet season and dry season. I think I spoke about all this before, but this season was um, particularly they had a record level of rainfall up in that Kimberley area where where we work. So I was my kind of plan was I was hoping to come out early, you know, start in February and you know do a few months and come home for. At summer and truck shows and that in Europe, but uh, with with so much rain, um, they didn't start. We didn't start until basically until May. So with that, you know, I got a pretty nice truck. I'm very. If you want to talk about that in a minute, we can talk about the truck I got. And once once I kind of got mm. set into the truck, you know, I, I just went out the road and I said, you know what, that's it. I might as well just stay for the season. And um, but just going back to your to your question, uh, I think I did see something online. All right, that they've raised the work holiday visa age from 30 to 35 for people from the UK um, but there's certainly there, there certainly is a driver shortage what I've noticed this time since you know it's been three years since I've been here um, an awful lot more Indian drivers here so there was uh, you know Narendra Modi the Italian, uh, Indian PM there was some sort of like a tr- you know agreement signed between the two countries so I think it's it must be pretty easy for those guys to come here and uh, and get a and get a work visa. See, the thing with truck driving is it's not a classed as a kind of a skilled profession. So to get sponsored, um, you know, it's just not that possible for people. Would say over the age of about thirty five, it can be quite difficult for people younger than that. Yeah, it's probably probably a bit easier, but but still, you know, it's a it's a bit of a process. Um, that that's one thing one thing I do know. So yeah, there's de- definitely a shortage, and how they seem to be addressing it is. Um, by bringing in uh, Indian, Indian yeah, well, there were, yeah. Well, what the what the scheme was that we were contacted about was they were looking for people to like, sort of emigrate. You know, they were looking for people to go out there permanently from the UK, and they were explaining all about how the the standard of living was much higher, and they were focused on drivers. The guy did get in touch, and he was like, "Oh." Um, we've got these job fairs coming on. We want to like promote it this way and that way. And I said, okay, let's do it. What do you want to do? And then they never came back to us about any, uh, any of it. Yeah. But they, they were. Uh, it seemed to be more of a permanent thing. But they were saying, you know, Australia is like, you know, it's it's far more, um, you know, uh, what's the word, you know, liberal and forward thinking and everything like that. And I was like, well, not in certain parts of Australia during the COVID <laughs> pandemic. Well, anyway, they weren't well, uh, exactly. Austra- yes, Australia um, was off the charts with some of their behaviour. Same as um, New Zealand and Canada. They they had some really stringent um, COVID lockdown policies and everything like that. But but thankfully, you know, they seem to be past that. 
now, but you never know what's yeah, going to come up again. And I don't know you? if that would put certain people off as well. Like how many people would aware, would be um, aware of aware of that? Because I don't know. I haven't heard of like any like numbers of um, Brits kind of like right. I'm off. I'm going to go and I'm going to go and do this. Uh, it remains to be seen. Canada is the same. They, they they get a lot of uh, drivers in from. Um, India, that seems to be a big place where they get uh, drivers to come over uh, from. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, sorry, I was lost my train. I thought I was going to say something to you there, but um, there are quite. A, I think I looked at a, a chart lately, uh, and it was a breakdown of what the highest number of um, well, I don't know what would you you know people who weren't born in Australia who were actually here. And I think, be sure, I could be wrong on this, but like you know, British were were right up there. Kind of Indian charter chain, but no, there certainly are an awful lot, not a lot of um, British people working, working out here. But look, at I know you, yeah, you, you often ask me like it's, and you know, there's probably people listening who are who are keen to do it. I mean, it's you, you just have to, um, I suppose, go online and 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 look it up. Like I'll give you an example. I had a friend who was just early early forties, and he wanted to come and say doing doing what I'm doing, and um, so I asked. I asked the company, I explained, like, you know, it's no problem, plenty of experience, you know, grew up on a farm, oh, there's no problem. But they actually couldn't get uh, a work visa for, you know, so. Yeah, I find that. With, with, you know, it's, it's still difficult. With the, yeah, with, with the average age of drivers as well, and, you know, the way that society's changed uh, and things now, you know, guys, uh, you know, that by excluding people in their 40s, um, and even like even guys, you know, in their early fifties, they're they're excluding a lot of very experienced, talented drivers from that pool. And these are guys who've got you know twenty, you know, potentially thirty years, uh, you know, working lives left in them before retirement. So it seems strange that they're kind of restricting it to young, being a bit ageist in that respect. And I don't say that just because I'm forty three. I don't think it's uh, I don't think I'll be signing up Unless... to signing up for it. But no. you know, it, it it does it does seem odd that when you consider how many you know the the average age of drivers in you know Britain and sort of Europe in, in general. Yeah. Do you want to hear about the truck I'm driving? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Well, I'm driving uh, a 2021 Kenworth C509. So the C509 is more kind of uh, bush orientated, more off road orientated. So it's got a six rod steel rear suspension. So obviously six by four. Uh, I don't know what the uh, diff ratios are. Probably should. I know that's a big thing, big thing in America, but it's not something you hear about here. But the important bits about it are that it's got. Uh, six rod suspension on the back and um you'll be you'll be glad to know dougie it's got a gear stick yeah but, but well uh, you know there's still specified and reasonable numbers out there but the, the the curious thing is that they're still insisting on this ancient eaton ultra shift as the automatic option for these trucks instead of using like the traction which is um you know uh, far, far more modern and available with an infinite amount of software programs for sort of any application yeah so in the yard uh, where I'm based, it's all it's all livestock trucks. We've got a few trucks that uh, transport hay on on step frame trailers, but it's all Eaton Road Ranger, um, eighteen speed manual transmissions. And then there's one camera C five one nine, and it, it's uh, it's only a year old, and it's got a uh, Eaton Ultra Shift in it. But you know, I, I had those Ultra Shifts before, and and um, I, I had no problem. I, I thought they were quite good and and uh, and quite nice to use, but um. 
just going back to the truck I mean the difference between the one I have now and probably the last time I was out here that was writing was the last one had an integrated bunk so this one has got uh, it's just got you know your more of a kind of I suppose American style where you've got your day cab and then I've got a 60 inch bunk on the back of it uh-huh. um, yeah. 60 inch bunk 2000 watt inverter big uh, 40 litre angle I've, I put a microwave in there lately um, you know it's it's still got it's just quite nice that you know, you don't have any LCD screens or anything. It's all, it's all old style kind of, I think it's video gauges. I've got a, an Alpine hedge unit there. Although I did look at one, one that we got a new one there in the yard a few weeks ago. And it's got kind of, you know, one of those more modern sort of touchscreen, uh, you know, stereo, whatever you call it, multimedia interfaces. But I kind of quite like this, you know, this, everything is, it's probably the last of the, you know, yeah. these three kind of old style, old style trucks. The only concession to, uh, a bit of modernity compared to the you know the last 509 i had which was 2014 is i've actually got electric windows in this one hey. um, and <laughs> you know when, when they're when they're specking the trucks basically the you know these 509s they, they could be in the fleet they could be going they could have them for you know there's we've got 10 year old trucks now and they'll probably go for another 10 years you know 20 years so i think the less things you have to go wrong that's kind of how they, how they like to spec them but i'm i'm think i i'm kind of guessing that maybe the you couldn't you couldn't get the the windy windows uh, anymore, but I've got a Isri big boy seat. Like they're 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 pretty rough, you know, for someone that's used to driving European trucks. But um, they're they're definitely solid. And just looking out over that big that big bonnet and that stone garden, mm. it's um you know it's quite a it's quite a nice view. Yeah, quite a special thing. There's there's a, there's is definitely something to be said because the, like Packard, all the manufacturers in North America are introducing like fully digital dashes, so there's no dials or anything like that anymore. But these things are subject to software updates and they can crash and things and things. I mean, it's not to say they they don't necessarily do it very often, but you really don't want that happening. You know, in the outback where you're thousands of miles from anywhere, when you could just have a whole load of analog gauges. Which are kind of generally always going to work, or if one goes down, it's you know you can unscrew it and get to the wires at the back of it. And the same goes for like being in Alaska or up in Yellowknife and things. There's something to be said for always maintaining a level of simplicity, and that goes back to that Road Ranger gearbox as well, whereby you know it's really simple. There isn't a a lot of software sensors and solenoids for it to to go wrong. As as wonderful as a lot of that new technology. Uh, is that's right. So yeah. I take it like yeah, um, the, 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 so, sorry. Here you go. Uh, no, sorry. I was just going to add uh, just one more. The biggest thing advantage um, that I have with this one that I didn't have in previous trucks was I've got this uh, air CTI, you know, central tire inflation on the on the drive axle, so you can monitor the. Uh, you can actually adjust the pressure of your drive axle tires in the dashboard. So, say for example, I turn off onto a dirt road and. You know, it's 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 the default setting is you know kind of ninety two psi for the highway, but you can let it right down. If you know when you have rough corrugations and it takes a lot of that kind of vibration out. I was actually in um, I was up in off road near Broome lately, and uh, it was it was really really sandy where we were, and I ended up I had to kind of stop. I wasn't loaded at this point, so I had no traction, so I kind of had to stop where it was really sandy, and I got bogged. But I was able I let the tires down to about thirty psi, and I was able just to, just to kind of you know reverse back enough. And let the tires right down, and you know, lock everything in, diff lock, center axle lock, and yeah, it, it walked out. But so it's an absolutely brilliant system, and I wish I had it on the on this. You can get it for the steer tires as well. We don't have it mm-hmm. in the steer tires, but it's just kind of. I just see it's kind of slowly being phased in. I think it's quite expensive. It's about 
twelve thousand dollars per per truck, which which sounds like mm. a lot. But you know, if you kind of work it out, probably over the lifetime of the vehicle, and um, it's it's probably a good investment. Plus, it keeps your drivers really really happy. So I'm, I'm delighted to have to have that. That's the biggest thing, you know. And a lot of time you're doing paddock carton, you're on bitumen, you're on dirt, you're on bitumen, you're on different degrees of dirt, and you can just play play away with it there and keep the pressure. Plus, if you have a if you have a, a soft drive tire you know you'll, you'll never end up with a flat wheel there unless obviously yeah you, you blow one out so um no that's that's probably the biggest the biggest thing um what have we got i've got an e uh cummins e5 engine uh that's rated at 600 horsepower which you know it doesn't sound like a huge amount but you know it gets gets the job done um plenty of still plenty of grunt in it so i've actually heard there's a guy there's someone up in port headland he's supposed to be getting the first uh Scania 770 with the that C23 cab with the with the big cab. So I'm sure you know a 750 Volvo or a 770 Scania would. I, I I'm only guessing that it would pull one of these. But just the problem with them is like where where we're operating, you don't really get you don't get the backup with um with Scania or Volvo really uh, up in those kind of remote areas. Whereas with the likes of this, like there's always a Cummins um mechanic there, and you know that's really that's that's what you're going to need. You know if if, if things do go wrong. And you don't necessarily need a Kenworth dealer up there, so um, that's kind of I think a lot of the reason why, you know, for the outback and the tough conditions, it, it's kind of Kenworth is nearly the top yeah. of the pile. Yeah, I think it's kind of always going to be that way in certain parts of the world. As advanced as these European trucks get, and you know, as brilliant as they are, that the, with that backup and that universal sort of simplicity, and the fact that you know, pretty much all anywhere knows their way around that that Cummins fuller drive line that they're always going to be able to to investigate it. But, uh, yeah, I was going to ask, because Australia does have a, a quite a, an unusual mix of it. It's got, like, a North American-style trucks like the Kenworth, although that is an Australian Kenworth. It's not the same as the ones you get in America. But you do also get European trucks as well. Uh, and there was a big thing about DAF introducing the Cummins engine in the XG for Australia, and people were saying, oh, I'm going to get one of them in the UK. And it's like, no, you're not, because it's only entry-level Euro 6, and we are now at Euro 6F in Europe, so you're about five steps behind in terms of the emissions. Uh, so it wouldn't, it's not going to come to to Europe. But I mean, I tell you, are, they, are, they, uh, are the European trucks tended to be used more on sort of yeah, jobs where they're like running on the road, kind of more general haulage applications whereas what you're doing is more you know sort of extreme duty being out in the outback doing the cattle yeah more or less um more or less you know you'd for highway for highway work it'll be you know you can have either or you can have kind of the american stuff or the or the european stuff but really but this you know the kind of work we're doing um it, it's a pretty kind of a small proportion of the market you know that kind of that real kind of rugged off off road work so like for most applications really you know to, to, like european work the european trucks will will get the job done and probably in in uh in a lot more comfort the problem probably uh, you know arises over over time you know just some of the places we're going you're just it's just so rough you're thinking not oh, those those trucks are not they're not designed you know for these conditions so over time It'll it'll probably you know wear it out wear them out and take their toll. But I mean, if you know you go up to Port Headland there, um, where they have some of the biggest kind of road going combinations, some of the heaviest combinations, uh, anywhere in the world. Like there, I think they're about up at about two hundred maybe two hundred and ten tons now. 
with um you know those quad side tippers i know the biggest one there was 234 but i mean 210 tons it's pretty pretty big and you'd see quite a few volvo fh16 uh, 700s up there doing it they're um 10 by 6s so you know try drive mm -hmm. twins there and 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 they get they get the job done um i suppose the only we well, you know one of the uh, just another little small issue with them is that everything is kind of so crammed in you know because the cabs have been designed for europe where you know you, you've you're tightly regulated by um you know length restrictions and that yeah. so you know the bull bar the bull bar is very close to the grill and everything is just squeezed up if you hit if you hit a cow at night time which is a pretty big risk out here you, you'll do an awful lot of damage whereas the likes of your you know your kenworth 909 or your western star or that kind of thing there's a lot more of a gap out there and you know you've got your bull bar and you've got your grill and the radiators mm. everything's set back a bit more so that's just another kind of a little thing but actually i, I did notice that uh, i think it's been a bit of a sort of a race there you know over the last few years to um you know kenworth uh versus volvo you know say packard versus volvo vying for for the top position i think volvo have have kind of overtaken them lately so they're kind of they're the uh two big two big brands but no it is quite interesting they're such they're such different kind of they just have such different credentials you know and and uh look I mean, I like I like both, but um, what I'm what I'm driving here, I suppose, you know, one of the things guys will tell you is it's just it, you know the European trucks they don't really have the have the same same amount of space as uh, as these you know as these ones. But I mean, you know, it's probably live, living space. I mean, you know, I've got a big I've got a big wide bed here, and it looks like when you look at the trucks from the outside, you think, wow, it must be huge in there. But really, there's very little standing space. You know, it's quite cool when you're you're sitting in the driving kind of. Uh, the compartment here you know it's got that low low roof over your head and all that kind of red you know deep deep button leather and then you have to kind of duck down a bit to get into the bunk and really there's very little standing space in there so in, in a way you know the big a big xxl or a you know scania xxl probably have a bit more uh a bit more living space but um yeah, oh, look, I, there's yeah, no reason. Quite, quite like there's no reason why we can't have these bigger cabs. Oh, Daff were the first one because they managed to reinterpret the regulations to get that extra space in the cab. And Scania's got the CS and CR23 coming out, which is a 30 mile longer cab, quarter three, 2024. That comes out in Europe, which gives you that extra space. But the thing is, even though there's all these regulations against it, you can't tell with it, with a wind kit from the side. So what difference does it make if the cab extends further back into the wind kit? It's just... Exactly. It's stupid, and it does make exactly. a big difference. When I had that DAF XG, I was really surprised at just having that extra standing room and being able to move about a bit more. It, it made life a lot easier, and I can see why that, you know, the guys that have got them love the cab so much on them, because it is kind of... The, the new benchmark and there's absolutely no reason why they can't we can't have that extra little bit of space in there because they're always mucking about with like uh, these longer trailer combinations and things now but you can't have an extra you know 30 centimeters on the back of your cab it's uh it's uh, yeah, really strange in that way so what is it? are you on are you doing a uh, cattle hauling then is that what you're on most yeah, of so if not all the time yeah Probably ninety percent of the time, it's it's cattle haulage. So I've got a you're, you're given a set of cattle trailers at the start of the season, and they're they're yours for the for the rest of the season. Then so this year, uh, I've got to make a crates that well, that's what the, what they're referred to out here is is crates cattle crates. Um, so I've got a set of Burns crates which are over from uh, uh, 
of like over kind of over east kind of wagga wagga i think that's where where they come from but anyway it's um they're on airbags whereas so the last time the prime mover tractor unit i had was airbags and the trailers were on springs which is most of the fleet like probably 90 something percent of the fleet would have springs whereas they said i've got a springs on the prime mover this time and the trailers are airbags so airbag trailers airbag dollies um i don't know how really how old they are or anything but you know they just takes you a little bit of extra time to build up air in the morning you probably want to give it 20 minutes because you know it, there's there's a fair bit going on there with all the amount of accidents you have in that but uh no they're quite a nice set of trailers you know it's up to yourself then to keep keep all the tires up to yeah. scratch and mm-hmm. you know, oil, oil the gates and all that and uh i was then for for a week there i had a set of uh step you know three step frame trailers that we use for uh transporting hay so um you can get 100 123 big square bales of of hay on there and they're on uh they're on 10 studs so normal wheels so you know with my cattle trailers there you're on on those spiders uh much easier and and, and quicker to change you change in, in about 15 minutes whereas when i had 10 studs on the uh on the drop deck strong hay like jesus you know changing the wheel was unless you had a battery operated rattle gun it was a bit of a mm. slog but uh i don't have a battery operated rattle gun so <laughs> i had to change a few wheels there but no that was quite a, you know just a bit of a change doing something but no it is it is it is all cattle and i suppose the thing about cattle is yeah um you know sometimes you meet lads there and they say geez, you know they wouldn't they wouldn't want to do it it's they think it's a kind of a smelly job but really i mean when you're up in the cab here you don't there, there's no smell like this is i keep this spotless inside and the smell is the smell is only behind and the thing about cattle is i mean you're going somewhere different all the time they walk on and when you when you get to your destination then you know you're, there's never any problem getting unloaded like you'll always get unloaded and they just walk straight off you could be unloaded and unloaded in 20 minutes so i suppose you know there's there's definitely advantages and disadvantages to every job but i just i love yeah. i love doing the, the sure. livestock yeah. out here good good way of life So geographically, where in Australia are you, and like how sort of how far out are you covering? What area are you? Yeah, area are you getting okay. to? Are you looking at the map at the moment? Uh, no, but I can be in a second. Yeah, I'll just uh, and then it'll it'll make a bit more sense to you then. I'll tell you where I am now. And... Australia map, right? Okay, there we go. I have a map of Australia, and we've got Queensland up in the top corner, New South Wales, yeah. and so on. Yes. So uh, my base is in Broome. So Broome is in the northwest corner, uh, down from Derby. Yes, see I see that? that. Yes, I see Broome just uh, okay. north of the Great Sandy Desert yes. in Western Australia. Yes. Yeah. So that's that's kind of where I've always been based on when I'm when I'm out here. Uh, so then you can see Perth, which is where everybody knows. So that's quite a regular run for us. So at the moment, if you just come down along the coast, Dougie, uh, come down past Karatha down past Exmouth uh, and I'm between um, Exmouth and Carnarvon I'm in a little place called Manilia oh yeah yeah you're right then that's, see you're down at, you see you're running along the, are these kind of coastal roads where you've got the sea off to your the ocean off to your side uh, not really no I can't see the coast um, for, for for most of this route it's uh-huh. just it's, 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 in a, it's in a little bit of the coastline but um so that's where I am, and um, I've been over here probably for about a about a week now. This is kind of what we're over in what's called the Gascoigne region, 
so I'll be loading here in the morning and then heading down to just kind of north of Perth. And then, um, so I've actually only got two trailers on at the moment. I left Broome, just I hear a truck coming past. Uh, I left Broome probably a couple of weeks ago or maybe over just over a week ago, just with two trailers. So, which is quite unusual. Normally we're, you know, you're running around with three, but just the job I was doing, you know, there was, the other guy had, had you know, three trailers, six decks. I had two trailers, four decks. That's all they had. You know, they just had 10 decks. And then I've just been working away with the two ever since. So it's quite nice to kind of make a better ground. But when I go back down to Perth the next time, there's there's going to, for the next job, I'll need six decks. I'll need a third trailer. So we've got a yard down there and mm. I'll hook on to a third trailer. And then I'll come all the way back up. And if you see if you see Marble Bar, it's just kind of south of Broome there, around Port Headland. I'll, I'll kind of load somewhere out around that area. And, and back down to back back down to Perth again. So quite quite long distance uh runs, but just you know, yeah, fairly nice kind of single lane road. Sorry, go ahead. No, because yeah, the scales of Australia are just like phenomenal phenomenal because obviously you've got you've got, you know, certain concentrations of population. You've got Perth down in the southwest side, you've got um and then you go across to the other side, that's where you've got like Melbourne, Sydney uh, Brisbane, all across on there, which is where kind of most of the population is all concentrated, and then you've oh, got yeah. the vast, yeah, the Great Sandy Desert, you know, the Northern Territories, and everything. That big, huge bit in the middle, which is just, I guess, just vast, vast emptiness. Yeah, <laughs> that's 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 the best bit, <laughs> and up in uh, that's what, yeah, and up 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 kind of yeah, up in that that's where I like to go, and up up around kind of. The Kimberleys, which is if you look there, like we, you know, most of our, our work traditionally would be up around kind of Fitzroy Crossing and and Halls Creek and and that. So this is um I've been down here before, but this is this is a sort of uh I suppose a new new kind of line of work. Wouldn't be down here as much, but no, it's it's nice for difference. So the only thing now is um so kind of down south. So just to give you an idea of people often ask about temperatures and that. So you know up north at the moment you're you're kind of you know, daytime temperatures about 30 degrees, nighttime, you know, roughly about 15. I think where I am now, it'll be maybe could go down as maybe as low as nine tonight. And, you know, I don't know, maybe up to 25 during the day. But when you go down to Perth, you know, it's kind of wintertime down there. So they could have maybe 15 degree days and down, you know, maybe eight or nine at nighttime. But, you know, and, and rain and that kind of thing. So the result of that is that there's a huge amount of caravans on the road, uh, more than I ever remember before. Uh, and so you've got a lot of people from down south who are escaping the winter winter by going up north. So there's caravans with, you know, uh, South Australia registrations. Well, mostly probably, you know, Victoria, New South Wales, because mm-hmm. Victoria is a fair, fair way south if you look at the map. So you get all these people and there's, uh, geez, there's, a, there's a serious amount of caravans on the road. And what I was told was that you know, more people have, have acquired caravans since COVID. They couldn't they couldn't go away and leave anywhere. But a lot of truck drivers kind of give out about them. And look, I'm sort of a bit open minded about it. Most of them are most of the vast majority are, are pretty good. You know, a lot of them have have UHF radios. So, you know, they'll just see you ca- catch them up and they'll say, look, I'll, they'll back off or let, let you around because it's not, you know, you can't just with one of these, you yeah. can't just, you know, Put down the accelerator and go. They they have to they have to work with you. If you if you stick your nose out, well, they need to back off because it's going to take you an awful long time otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So look, it, you just ha- you just have to be kind of just aware of it. A lot of guys, a lot of time on the UHF, you'll hear you'll hear lads, you know, using expletives and giving out about caravanners and all that. But I mean, look, they're they're mm-hmm. entitled they're entitled to be on, to, entitled to be on the road as mm-hmm. well. And 
I mean, mm. you'd, you'd prefer if there wasn't so many of them, but you just have to kind of work with it. Other than that, you know, send the send the world over. Then Scotland's exactly the same at the moment. It's full of full of caravans and campers as well, and so Cornwall as people gravitate towards these sort of areas. Obviously, in Australia, I mean, there's not really much of a motorway network, I guess, apart from the sort of real urban areas. You're not going to get a nice... Uh, it's not the same as in America, where they built the interstates to go and run, you know, across the uh, for thousands of miles uh, on sort of two-lane um, dual-carriageway highway, is it? That's yeah. Oh, it's it's just yeah. It's just single lane, you know, one one lane in each direction out here. Um, so it's 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 fast, but it's I, I like those kind of roads. I don't not really a big fan of motorway driving. You don't you don't have enough traffic out here. So just as an example, so the roads get really really quiet at nighttime out here, and the reason for that is just the danger of hitting something as in livestock. So mm. it just depends where you are. It could either be a kangaroo or uh, or a cow. And I've seen some of the, I think you might have seen in there, I did a couple of updates for you in Team mm-hmm. Driver and had a couple of pictures in there. When mm. If you hit a, hit a cow at night time, by Jesus, it, you'll do a fair bit of damage, you know, no matter what sort of, well, not so bad, maybe in a big truck with a bull bar, but I've seen mm. seen quite a lot of damage. So people generally at night time, people just, once it goes dark, just stay off the road. And the only ones that are out, that are out there are the, are the big road trains. And a lot of those guys just have the road to themselves at, at, at night time, you know, but no, motorways, I'm sure, maybe over east, I haven't really done done much over there, but uh, over here, no. And the great thing is, it, it, you're never worried about parking, you know, you just, there's plenty mm-hmm. of parking bays, um, we normally, you know, normally, you know, you park up, up at cattle yards, and that. you never, don't even, don't even lock your doors, and you just don't, uh, so I, there's no f- locking caps on the diesel tanks, for example, just didn't come with them, it's just, it's, just, it's mm. not an issue, you know. So there's a lot of that kind of, yeah, stress yeah, is, is, relaxed. is avoided, yeah. So what, so what you do, I guess, are you just kind of primarily uh, spending most of your time working at the moment, or do you get a bit of downtime to catch up with sort of other drivers <laughs> and get, you know, you know, they say you're going to get um, like a couple of beers tonight, but I guess it's kind of just, you know, on the job sort of sort of stuff. You haven't been exactly. away like, you haven't been away like surfing or anything like that sort of stuff. No, no, no. And one of the guys that I'm over uh, going to meet here now in, in a while for a few beers, he's um, so he, he had his four wheel drive and and his boat or his little tinny down in Perth, and he got it brought up to the uh, up to uh, up to Broome. And since he brought it up there, I don't know whatever it was, maybe a couple of months ago, he, he's only been back in the yard once, you know. So if someone else asked me that, like, do you get you know in Ireland, it's you know you go out for pints, or I'm sure it's the same. I mean, you know, you meet people, but it's just a different it's a different way of life out here. Um, especially doing what we're doing so socialising you, you don't go to the pub really you don't get the opportunity but you still everyone's like oh I must, I'll see you for a beer but a beer could be you know standing against the woodguard of the truck mm-hmm. a beer could be you know leaning over a cattle rail or you know leaning over the back of a you know Toyota Land Cruiser or something and um, it's just a kind of a social mm-hmm. it's a social thing to do out here but it's just done it's more or less done just where, yeah. where, wherever you are uh, but as far as as far as time off, just to answer your question there, not not really. When when the season is going, you're you're very committed to the job. Just uh, just as an example, like there was a truck, there's a truck show. I think it might be on this weekend or something over in Casino, a place called Casino. It's on the New South Wales Queens and Border. Uh, someone just sent me the link. One of my friends back from Ireland, and he said that looks like a good show. And in fairness, it does. But just the the logistics 
to get there. So I think it would have taken, I would have to fly from Broome down to Perth, uh-huh. from Perth across to, uh, I think, Brisbane. So that's probably, you're talking between, you know, two flights and then a layover, you're talking probably nine hours, the guts of a day to get there and then hire a car and then drive down and you couldn't get accommodation. It's just, you know, it's mm. in comparison to, it's, you know, you're in, you're in Ireland, jumping a plane, go to Schiphol and you're, you're at the truck show in Amsterdam or, you know, get in, just everything is just so close and handy. Out here, you're just very, very far away from everything. So you're better off just, just go, I'm just going to go with it, do the season and, Whenever it's whenever it's finished, then you know start yeah. start looking at, so at, you, at holidays after that. Yeah. Yeah. So do you actually have like a house or any accommodation like that over there? Or are you just basically just living in the truck? That's no good. No, fair enough. Good question. Um. So at at the yard because it's it's a seasonal job. So this the season, you know, this year I I didn't start till April. You know, sometimes you could start in March and then you'll probably finish about October November. But after that, then. The, well, there's no where, where I'm based. There's that's it. The yard shuts down. There's no more work. Mm-hmm. Uh, if if I suppose if you want to stay with them, they'll find your work somewhere else. But generally, a lot of guys, some guys, we've got a lot, good few uh, Kiwi drivers, boys, and go back to New Zealand and that. But because of that, you know, I mean, everyone does not anyone. Most of the drivers are there. They're not actually from Broom, so the company they provide accommodation at the yard. So you get your own. Uh, you get a room there with a mm-hmm. shower, toilet, whatever. Just. That sounds is all you need, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, very, exactly. little point, and very little point in renting an entire apartment for you to never no, be in it. <laughs> you, you wouldn't be there. The only problem might probably arise is if, uh, if you're if you have a wife or a partner, um, then then you then you kind of do need to rent somewhere, you know, because it's uh, the yard is just it's it's just kind of for for workers only, and uh, and that's all for very good reason. I've seen I've seen previous years where you know guys had their wives there, and it just it just doesn't work. It just creates too much. It just creates too much way too many problems. So that's the kind of rule there. You just um, it's just for workers only, and that's if you're a male or female, it doesn't matter. <laughs> but it's uh, it's 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 pretty male dominated anyway, and uh, yeah, it's it's quite good. I mean, how many times have I have I spent there? You know, I've I've been hardly back there at all. But it's just kind of nice whenever things do. If you do get back there, you know, there's you've got a washing machine there, you've got the use of a vehicle, go downtown, get your groceries, do whatever you need to do, and um, and you're just kind of gone. You're gone again. So yeah, you're basically you're basically living living in the truck. Uh, but it is kind of nice that you know you have that there just to just to go in and, and chill out if if need be. It's just you just never know where you're going to be. You just never know. Yeah, you're just kind of rolling rolling with the breeze. Yeah, I mean definitely. I mean from going back, I know that initially you'd said you'd always had an interest and a passion for it, and you actually went out to Australia on holiday to go and speak to these people in person to say I'm serious about doing this, which made all the difference in the world because you know they got to you know you got to you know assess each other to work out you know is it, is this person serious? Is it going to be right? Is this the kind of person? <laughs> I would want to work for, and that kind of worked out really well. And it's um, yeah, it's quite amazing to have that that opportunity to you know have that dual citizenship to be able to go and you know remove yourself to the other side of the world and experience um, driving the driving these trucks uh, and all that. So I guess it, it's something that you could do every year if you wanted. You could come back and spend winter in you know Europe and then go back out go back out there, or just you know just whatever suit yourself it's uh yeah quite quite the arrangement yeah, and it provides a lot of you know spectacular photography for truck and driver as well 
Yeah, that's it. Look, you know, the only the only downside is it's um, the busy time out here is the summertime back in Ireland. You know, yeah, you just kind of you kind of can't well, you can't have it every uh, can't have it every way. Excuse mm. me. Um, now the summer's you know been the summer's been grim here, yeah, for the last sort of month or so. You've certainly not missed anything in that respect. It's been awful. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Although, um, just to talk about a couple of truck shows there, I had. Uh, all the guys that kind of knock around with friends back home, they went to the Waterford Truck Show, which was in Dungarvan. They got that was a few weeks back there, and they were really lucky. They had they had mm. good weather weather for that, and looks like they had a they had a great time. And there was another one last week, uh, pretty just lately there, the Ossery Truck Show. They weren't weren't so lucky with with weather, but um, that's what the big one for for the for our kind of gang is the is the Gaden Show and uh, retro one coming up in in September. So I won't be. I won't be there for that probably, but look, I mean, you, you know, you you, you kind of you can't can't do everything, and uh, like I said, I'm pretty happy. Uh, had a bit of actually just before, in case I forget to say it to you, then mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, you, you have people watching Outback Truckers and kind of wondering if if it's any, you know, how how real it is, and Steve Graham is the one that uh, a lot of people. Will, will know about and kind of admire and, and respect and I, I certainly would you know I've watched it a couple of times I met um I met his driver Slick actually lately I was up in Port Hedland and I saw the Steve Graham truck and uh, he I was talking to Slick I think at that week actually Steve was back in he was back in he was at Truck Fest in England actually I don't know mm. if, you, if you knew about that but um anyway yeah so you know he he often gets into a lot of sticky situations and I had a I had a similar one myself lately where I had three trailers of hay and uh, I came to a, uh, a river crossing that I, that was too deep to cross so as well as having all the rain we had over over the wet season we had very very unseasonal rain during the dry season so I ended up at a, at a river crossing that was flowing very fast and it was too deep to get across and um, so the only solution I had to was to was to break up the trailers you know one by one mm-hmm. I had to reverse back probably two it was exactly two kilometers and uh and reverse in you know the lead trailer dropped out and on the roadway then go back and take the dollies and do it all kind of one by one at a time so um i was i'd only been thinking previous to that that all the years i've done it i've never had to i've never ended up in a situation where um i had to break up the turnaround there's a couple of times you you know maybe take a wrong turn and you get out with the torch and make a bit of a plan and you know take a bit of a track through the, through the bush and, and get turned around but this time no because the trailers were, were so low you know those drop step mm. frames that you know you're on you're on two, uh, 275 70 tires low back bumpers low chassis low everything so it took me probably about seven hours by the time i did it i got it all finished in darkness got everything turned around and then i had to take a detour which was uh a six hour detour it was only 200 kilometers but it was all off-road oh uh, through nine sets of gates, so I had to, you have to open and close nine nine different sets of gates, and um, you know it was uh, as, as this as uh, they say out here, you know, in, in the in the company, it's a bit of bit of character building. So got the job done and, and got the hay there and got some good photographs. So that'll be in that'll be in the next uh, maybe not the one whatever the next issue is, but the one after that. I kind of documented it and it's uh, yeah, it's, it'll definitely be a few memories for years to come. Anyway, that's for sure. No, that's a pain. It's a pain in the ass at the time, but you know that's these are the like you say character building, and that's the ones the uh, the experiences that you'll always um carry with you with that, and you you know obviously it's something that you're 
it's uh, something that you can't really uh, imagine. You would never ever encounter anything like that in Europe, like anywhere. That that sort of, that sort of stuff. So. Yeah, it's, it sounds like you definitely made the right choice about um, go, going back out there. Yeah, the thing I found about this time, you know, other other times I was always kind of a little bit constrained. I was always trying to, you know, the the process for residency and the, all these processes for citizenship, everything just kind of takes so long and you have to clock up a certain number of days and it was always, you were always kind of constrained you know you always had to meet these kind of requirements and targets and your paperwork and all that whereas now i'm sort of feel like it's you know it's quite liberating really i'm 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 just doing it you know because i want to do it now and and um completely completely free so um you know i'm sure after a while if you if i was here for even a season or a couple of seasons you know then after a while, you'd be kind of thinking, you know, that's Europe's, yeah, Europe has a lot to offer as well. Like, you well, know, that's it. You've culturally, got, and you've a lot of seen. Yeah, you've exactly. got the you've got the variety. You've got, truly got the best of both worlds there uh, to ex- experience. Yeah, yeah. And, to, and I still, still love, still, you know, still love, uh, love doing a bit of driving back in back in Europe as well. You know, you get to drive some some nice trucks and go to uh, a lot of nice kind of interesting places as well. So. I'll stay here. Stay here for the season. Once the season should be over in about maybe November, which or October, which you know wouldn't be the most appealing time to be coming back no. to Ireland. So I'll, I'll see. I'll see what I'll do then. But could you, yeah. if you've been working your ass off for that long, could you not like kind of just take some time off to yourself and go and explore somewhere else, go on holiday for a bit? You know, well, where it's yeah, you know, go it, sod off exactly. to America or you know somewhere else different. You know, with that sort of uh, yeah. that sort of little bit of cushion, yeah. you, you would have built up for that rather than yeah coming back and, and flying back in in november and then hopping back into a truck and then immediately getting stuck in a traffic jam going around belfast or something i'd be like oh that'd be a hardcore yeah, well, way to get back into have... things <laughs> no you're dead right and uh previous years i've always kind of stopped off somewhere of you know done done all of southeast asia you know all those kind of countries around there and did india another year and enjoyed that so um but uh You'll remember there. I did a lot of for the last. I don't know. It's maybe three Christmases. I've been out for Amigo International. So the last trip I did there before before I left, you know, I was I was uh, I was warned uh, jokingly that I'd have to come back and make sure I was I was around for Christmas time again to go out with the Muslims. So <laughs> whether or not I'll make it back this year, uh, I'm not sure. But you know, it's when you've been out here driving, you know, these these trucks and, and that. You, you, it is kind of nice sometimes to get back and. Drive a nice comfortable Volvo or a nice comfortable Scania, but look at I'll I'll see I'll see what the mm-hmm. see what see what happens um and uh, we'll just wait and see anyway. Yeah, so. fantastic. So uh, it is Thursday morning at the Thursday morning here. It's Thursday night for you. Um, yeah, it's Truck Fest Scotland is on this weekend, so I'm heading off to that. Um, and I'm actually heading down to Sutton this afternoon. I was supposed to have a whole load of jobs on this this week, photo shoots and things, but they've all been like put back for one way or the other. So I've got to go down to Sutton to record a podcast with George Bennett, who's an ex-truck um, guy from the magazines back in oh, the yeah. day. Yeah, I've heard of, yeah. heard of George. I've read, read a lot, lot of his work over the years, yeah. 
Yeah, then I'm back down the road again next week. I've got to go and visit um, the company that makes HVO fuels at a terminal in Dagenham and do a couple of uh, a couple of other things um, down down south for the for the magazine and it's convoy in the park the week after that as well. So I'll try. I'll um, I should be because I'm down on the Friday. I should be able to pop back and pop into that on the way up the road. Kind of like needing to find some feature material. Always on the lookout for feature material for for. Uh, the the magazine um as much variety as possible so yeah I'm quite looking for that hopefully it's going to be dry I'm interviewing Todd Dewey one of the ice road truckers I'm doing a podcast with him as well um at the weekend at Truckfest Scotland because the podcast has been a bit quiet but I'm kind of really kind of pushing to stockpile them them up now with, with various uh, special guests as well as the regulars as, as well so because we're apparently we're supposed to be getting another sponsor again soon so we'll see what see what happens with uh, with that so I guess oh, you that's, that's good to hear yeah. yeah. So is that so? You're going to be. Will you just what what downtime will you get across the the, the weekend? Then do you have to like park up for like a certain amount of time now? Once nah, it gets to Friday, Saturday, or is it just kind of you know nah, just to be, just to be honest, running you, right the way through? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you just run. You you lose all sense of uh, days of the week because you're not working <laughs> a nine to five, and there's 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 no um. There's no, there, there's nothing to tell you what day day of the week it is because you're not, you're not in the city and you're not, I mean, you know, we've, you know, you can work six days on and have a day off or uh, fourteen days on and have two days off, even if if you're not back at base. But it's just there's sometimes I've just absolutely no idea what day of the week because you know with the with the cattle job like you can be loading on a Sunday and um I think that's I think tomorrow mm-hmm. is Friday I'll probably unload Saturday. And then, and then you know, so you know, grab that next trailer then on Saturday. I think the next load I have then is Monday. So, yeah, it's uh, yeah. Look, I mean, you have you. We get plenty of time to do the job. It's not like you're you're not you're not driving day and night or anything. But you're just kind of not. It's not like you're back at at your base or you're back at mm-hmm. you're, you're not home every evening. Put put it like that, you know. But certainly, you know, they give us you know you got, you get an ample amount of rest and all that. And um, it's uh, like I said before. It's kind of nice when you you don't have to tell anyone when you when you're going to be back because you, you just don't know. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, no, it's it's as far as I'm for for me anyway. Certainly, it's it's the ultimate freedom in terms of just just driving. And I wasn't sure when I came back. I I was wondering if I was going to enjoy it as much as I did before. And um, I don't know if it's fortunately or unfortunately. I've been, uh, I've definitely been <laughs> enjoying it. So uh, no, definitely, definitely yeah. regrets. You know, it's just yeah, dri- yeah. Dri- driving in its in its purest form, and that's at the end of the day, like that's what we're, you know, anyone that I presume most of the people that will be listening to this will be, yeah, that's driving, it. and you know, that's what we all have in common. We just we just love driving, and you just want to make it as as uh, just you're always kind of chasing chasing the white lines, as they say. Yeah, that's it. I like that. Driving in its purest form, you know, that's a pure, un- unadulterated driving with no nasty I, contaminants in it, you know, the best of that's exactly the, be- as, the best of the best. Fred, yes, yeah. That's as, as Fred Divner would say, did you like that? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, well, that's been, it's been fantastic to catch up with you again. It's been too long. Say so thanks for the wonderful updates you've been sending into Trucking Driver from all these adventures. I look forward to checking out the next one as well. So, yeah, uh, keep in touch with us and we shall uh, catch up with you again soon. Oh, pleasure as always, Dougie. And, 
it just took us because of the you know the obviously the time difference then the fact that you know we're most of the time i'm out i'm out of phone range and then you're doing your bits and pieces as well so it was, it was good to we, we've been trying to do it for a while so it was, it was quite nice to actually get it get it done and hopefully it won't be as long the next time yeah brilliant cool thank you very much cool to speak to you again soon take care pleasure all the best bye-bye thanks for listening to the truck and driver podcast please subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode to keep up to date with the latest news, 100% for drivers, visit truckanddriver.co.uk, where you can also subscribe to the print edition of Truck and Driver magazine, which publishes on the last Friday of every month.